today's podcast episode is going to be with Patty Mara. And what we're actually going to be talking about is really value-based branding. And it is a remarkable conversation. So it's definitely worth a listen. And if you listen all the way to the end, she is actually going to be making a free offer. So anyway, let's go ahead and get the episode going. So the big question is this, how do value-obsessed leaders ascend their business and life to world-class levels of effectiveness, even if they're inside a bureaucracy or starting from scratch with absolutely no capital? That is the question, and this podcast is going to bring you the answer. My name is Doug Utberg, and this is the Terminal Value Podcast. Welcome to the Terminal Value Podcast. We have Patty Mara with us today, pattymara.com. And uh, we actually are going to be talking about value-based branding. And uh, I would like to encourage everyone to listen all the way through to the end of the episode because Patty actually has a special offer for people who listen to this podcast, but you have to listen to the whole interview first. So I'm giving you a little bit of an incentive to keep it playing all the way until the end. Uh, so Patty, uh, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Absolutely. First of all, Doug, thank you for having me on Terminal Value. And I love your podcast and love what it stands for because I think we're in such a unique period of time and the opportunity to really communicate and find a niche that you solve and it's unique and be able to communicate why it's unique and why choose you. There's just this incredible opportunity that unlike any other period of time. So, and you bring up some really important pieces. So thank you. Thank you. So anyway, value-based branding, let's unpack that idea a little bit because full disclosure, my background is in finance. Of course, being an extroverted in a finance career was a unique experience. But anyway, with my background being in finance, the way that I always kind of thought of branding is it's something that companies with a whole bunch of money do. They'll do is they'll essentially put their logo on more or less anything that they can find and try to make sure that as many people as humanly possible see it as many times as possible per day. You know, now, of course, you know, for Companies like Nike, Procter Gamble, whoever, that works just fine. If you're talking about a local small business and try to do that, you'll be bankrupt in about a week. So I think branding has to be a little different if you're trying to get your own thing, if you're trying to bootstrap your own thing off the ground with literally no capital. Help me fill in the gaps here. Absolutely. So what you're talking about, Doug, is what's known as micro branding. Yeah. And micro branding is using words to do the heavy lifting. So Nike spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to associate Nike with the swoosh, with the just yeah. do it. Of course, it works so well, they changed it. And I don't remember what they changed it to. I, you know, sometimes I think companies have too much money. Anyways, and actually microbranding is so important. This is about the byline, home renovation, the high-end home renovation, turning houses into homes. The direct response person in me wants to think headline, subhead, but byline Absolutely. works too. And no, sometimes just- it's the naming of your business, but sometimes it's a descriptive byline that actually communicates what your business is all about. I have a friend who has a, a pet food boutique business, Farm to Paw, oh, and what like she's ri- right is great. And it's a pet food boutique, right? Market and boutique. And, you know, she's really communicating healthy food for your animals, right? So it's unique. And her brand, she's developed the whole branding around it. It's brilliant. And so all of a sudden she went from, you know, a brand new business to having really high visibility in three locations. And within two years, because of the branding and they're standing out from the PetSmart or uh, yeah, it was good. PetSmart, Petco. Uh, right. I actually, I'm a passionate advocate for locally owned businesses. So I avoid them and I actually think block their names. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and so I'm actually uh, in a similar boat, of course, right? You know, we've gotten our dogs groomed at uh, PetSmart a few times, but now what we do is we go down to Critter Cabana you know, over in downtown Newburgh. I think there's, they have like two or three locations, you know, because I live in uh, Oregon, Chehalem Valley wine country, which mm-hmm. if you happen to like Pinot Noir is pretty much the best place in the world, I think. I'm biased, but uh, but anyway, yes, I completely agree in the idea of supporting the local business. But there was actually something you said in the pre-show that I wanted to unpack a little more. Mm-hmm. And that is where you said that a lot of businesses think that their business is about what they do. Mm-hmm. And that's actually not necessarily the case. Now, mm-hmm. I think I have an idea what you're talking about, but I would like to hear it from you and then append. Absolutely. So I've worked with a lot of independent Owned pharmacies, uh-huh. right? Pharmacy oh, okay. And largely in the States. So, you know, every business is going through some turmoil. Every industry yeah. is going through some turmoil right now. Pharmacy in the US, independently owned pharmacy, has been going through turmoil for the last 15 years. They literally have an unfair marketplace. Because, like, pretty much every grocery store and every Walgreens, ha- you know, has a pharmacy oh, yeah. in it now. But that's competition. You can handle yeah. competition. It's that the independent pharmacy has to submit their claims to the pharmacy benefit manager, the PBM, which is owned by the insurance company which then approaches the patient to use my mail order and you'll get it cheaper or, and it's not actually, but that's, that's part of the unfair. And most of the insurance companies are owned by the chains. So they literally have to supply their patient data to their competitor. Oh, interesting. Right. So here's the thing for an independent pharmacy, for them to be successful, they have to understand if they think their business is dispensing medication, then they're going out of business because the margins are so poor. Their reimbursement is like, I've seen pharmacies that 20% of the prescriptions they filled cost them more money to fill it than the, they didn't get reimbursed for even the wholesale price, never mind the operating cost. Oh goodness. Right. So literally unfair market. Now, I've worked with pharmacies that are thriving, profitable, Mm -hmm. expanding, but they think their business is the health and well-being of their patients. It's almost like the prescription is, hopefully I I have to be careful saying this. It's not that it's a loss leader and they should always get paid for that because that's their expertise. And the filling a prescription brings the patient in the door. What does the Mm -hmm. patient need? How do you take care of them? How do you help them be healthy, have better outcomes? You know, the pharmacist and technicians know more about what's going on with the patient than the patient does because they understand the medication and yeah, the exactly. impact and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one way that I've heard that idea expressed, and I'd like to get your thoughts here, is that if you're talking about a business, you know, a business is really about creating a result for the client and the products and services are a means to create that result, but it's not the value. The value is the result. The client does not care the slightest bit, truthfully, about uh, which products and services you do. Uh, mm-hmm. They care about the result. And if you get some who are extremely meticulous and analytical attentive, they may price shop you on the ingredients if they don't feel a personal connection to Mm -hmm. the business. Yes. If they do feel a personal connection, then price shopping goes out the window. And as long as you're at least kind of reasonable, or in some cases, not even remotely reasonable, people will still pony up and pay. Yeah. So it's a really important point, Doug. And I say, you know, what you sell, whether it's product or services, what you sell is the vehicle for delivering value. Your business is not what you sell. The business is the the results you create. Uh, To put into that, for everyone, I want everyone to consider that your customers don't even know the questions to ask to make an effective buying decision. So if you you and your team, whatever your business is, if you and your team engage with your customers when they walk through the door and ask probing questions to find out, you know, this is... When I'm talking about probing questions, it's just asking questions to help you make an effective recommendation. Yeah. 
for example, I bought a TV, went my first flat screen TV. All I knew, to, knew is I wanted a flat screen TV. I had no idea about anything else. And I went to the big stores and, you know, they're just, what size do you want? I went to my local, you know, TV mm-hmm. radio at the stereo and TV place. And he said, well, how big is the room you want your TV in? Ah. And what do you like to watch on TV? You know, action turns out is very different than, say, drama. Do you yep. play games or use your TV for anything else? Is technology important? For example, and I bought an LED. It was fairly new technology when I when I bought yep. it. But, it, you know, I was like, well, there's this. And I got sold on that. I walked out of there spending $1,200 on a TV, and I'd expected to spend $400 walking in the door. Yep. And happy. Oh, and they came and set up, and I had a whole theater, home theater. Yep. But I was happy with my purchase. Yes. And uh, because I think that, you know, one of the things that they did there is, you know, they got you from, I am buying a thing as in a television, which will get you price shopped to, I am buying a home entertainment experience or some kind of home theater experience, which creates an avenue for add-ons, et cetera, you know, or a more holistic service model. Yes. And so for example, you, uh, you queued it up to pharmacists, but let's kind of go back to that, which is where, you know, when you have pharmacists who are in the holistic health and wellness business, then the medication becomes one of many things that they do. And most likely the lowest margin of the many things that they do, because for example, you have health coaching, you know, you have supplements, margins on supplements are ridiculous. Um, you know, you can have fitness aids, you could have uh, affiliate relationships with, uh, you know, with gyms, yoga studios, you know, the, the limits of what you can do are bounded only by your imagination and willingness to make phone calls. Mm-hmm. No, you were spot on. And Doug, you tapped on something. It's your people walk into your business or interact mm-hmm. with your business to buy something, whatever it is you offer, but they have a why. Why yeah. are they buying that? And they may not be conscious of it. It's just like, I wanted a flat screen TV. But yeah. when they pulled out and asked me questions, I got my why. And all of a sudden now it was all about what they were going to do for me. I was just thinking of something a little snarky. I was kind of thinking, you know, so the, the, uh, the person who was in the, in the store, you know, they asked how big your room is. And the other question they should have asked is, okay, of all your relatives, what is the biggest TV that any of them have? So you can get them <laughs> just the slightest little bit bigger. <laughs> Well, you know, it might have come up as like, is there a size that, you know, is there yeah. a reason? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the story's ancient now, but when Zig Ziglar got his house renovated and had a swimming pool put in, I think he put a pool in that was like one foot bigger than the swimming pool of the of the people that had the rich neighborhood where he was growing up that he wasn't allowed to go to. <laughs> yes. and so, you know, if people try to think that they don't try to one up their friends and family, they're wrong. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And Doug, I want to go back to what you were saying with pharmacy, because you you are actually spot on. So first of all, most, especially maintenance medications cause nutrient depletion. So Mm. if you're not talking to a pharmacist, and if you're on diabetic medications, there's things like calcium that you should be on. If you're on a statin medication, you should be on CoQ10. And this is actually where not only will the pharmacy help you have better outcomes, less side effects, better um, utilization of the medication, but they'll also help you pick the best fit for what you need, which I have to tell you for me was saving about $150 a month because I was like, oh, I should have this one and I should have this. And then meanwhile, I have like 10 different bottles that I'm taking. And and when I got right down to it, when they coordinated it for me, it was easier, less expensive, better outcome. Yeah. Well, and then we wanted to take that concept and then move it up a level. I think that what you do is you take that kind of holistic service wrapper. And then what you do is you put it in some form of health and wellness advocacy 
by the proprietor of the pharmacy so that people see their name, their face talking about why it's important to have holistic health. Mm -hmm. And because then what will happen is over time, you can develop a community of people who identify with your message and then you won't have to go find them. They will come find you. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where every business either is trying to get to or should be trying to get to is where, you know, you don't have to go and find your customers. You will create a persona and Mm -hmm. attract the people who identify with that persona. And then your customer will come and find you. Yes. Uh, funny you say that, Doug. So I came up with a book. I wrote a book and it was published January, 2020. It's called Up Solution. So I'm not, yep. it's 180 degree difference. The polar opposite of upselling. It's not, would you like fries with that? Yep. It's what does somebody need and how do you take care of the needs? Yep. And that often means, you know, a full package. So Up Solutions, the byline is turning your team into heroes and your customers into raving fans because it hand in glove. Yeah, precisely. I think that that's actually where a lot of businesses are really going to need to be going. Uh, I kind of refer to, by the time it's done, I'm going to end up calling the whole decade the 2020. I mean, we're, we're two years past 2020 now, but I still think of it as like the 34th month of 2020 or something like that. But, you know, you think about kind of the 2020s, right? Or the 2020, say for uh, for shorthand. And I think that this construct is where a lot of businesses are going to need to go in order to really remain viable. And, you know, because like, for example, I think think about, uh, I think about people who like, say, for example, I go to Rotary with, you know, I'll have a lot of people who are like, say, mortgage brokers or realtors and, you know, and mortgage broker, realtor are you know both very necessary, but unfortunately very commoditized businesses. So the question is, okay, how do you effectively differentiate if you have something that is legally required to be almost identical to what everybody else is selling, you know, by, like in real estate, right? You're all, you're like, all of you use standard contracts. The commissions are, are regulated. You know, you know, regulatory bodies force you to sell something that's identical to everybody else. So mm-hmm. how do you differentiate? In a lot of cases, the way that you differentiate is by trying to generate a personal connection with the buyers, mm-hmm. which I think is extremely powerful. Now, if you put add-on services you know, or add-on value with this, I think it can make that even more powerful. Similarly, if you have somebody who has a holistic value package and you add that personal connection, it can, it can continue to make it even more powerful. Yeah. Interesting. So one of the ways I say this for me is I think there are new business rules. Yes. So tapping into, you know, we are now a global marketplace. It's not a, it's not a local marketplace. So we have shifted from transactions to solutions. And if yeah. you're not thinking solution focused rather than tra- if you're not training your team that way, you're in trouble. And we've gone from sales yeah. to solutions. You have to have that shift. And we've gone from transactions to relationships. If you're not connecting p- with people and building, you I love yeah. the way you just said that, Doug. It's like, you know, how do you stand out? Well, you need to make a personal connection. How, how do you do that? What's a tangible way of doing that? Yeah. I'm going to tap, this is an Anthony Robbins quote. You want to market narrowly and serve broadly. Oh, I love that. Right. If you really want to be clear on building way, that you, relationship, you, I was going to say you just get uh, just small tangent. You just gave away your age because you know the, the the kids all say Tony Robbins, but yes, I remember the I, I go back the, and it, forth. It, yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, like on my Unleash the Giant CDs, it says Anthony yes. Robbins. So I yes. just had to slip in a little bit of a jib there. Continue. <laughs> Thank you, and you're right. Although Anthony Tony, he goes back and forth too. So it's like you need to know who your market is, mm-hmm. and you're communicating with them. So you are building. You're 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 speaking the language that relate that they relate to. So you're being related with them. You may find other people connect and like you. Great. 
But you really have to, because the fear is you're going to miss somebody. But yeah. The reality is you miss your best fit market if you haven't defined them. Gotcha. I think that's uh, that's really powerful. Well, and so let's actually kind of uh, dig into that a little bit, defining your market, because I think that's somebody that's something that a lot of people, myself included, you know, really struggle with because everybody will say, okay, you really need to niche down. I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. You go, okay, you know, but you know, and this, everybody's not your customer. Okay. I get it. But it's, you know, kind of effectively really figuring out how much niching down is too much. Yes. And at what point are you, know, at what point are you cutting off opportunities? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Doug, I have two stories for you because I think this is related best to stories because it is yeah. the fear everyone goes through myself included. You want to find your best fit customers and define yeah. them. So a financial planner I'd worked with his target audience were Delta airline pilots. Oh, interesting. Delta. So here's the thing. He was a pilot. Uh -huh. He had friends who were Delta airline pilots. So every year he got their benefit book and learned yeah. it inside and out. So he gave them very specific directly for their needs, financial advice. And Hey, there's always two pilots in the cockpit. They talked so very quickly. He had pretty much all of the Delta airline pilots, might yeah. more business than he could deal with. Right. Another great example. And this is actually Karen Van Cleve, who is a business coach. And she actually wasn't, she's the person I got that Tony Robbins quote from because uh, she was one of his coaches at one time. So she's a business coach and she creates huge value to just about anybody. Yeah. But when she was writing her book, End Overwhelm Now, she had to figure out who's the voice, like who am I speaking yeah. to? And it's the first time she identified her audience are licensed professional women. Okay. And as soon as she got that, her business exploded. Now she's got yeah. clients that aren't licensed, but as soon as she got the language and really hit that audience, her business yeah. exploded. So you really have to get right in there and so that the language you speak is exactly what the people that you want to work with relate to. Gotcha. That's excellent. Well, let's see. Okay. So we're actually getting toward the end of what our normal time would be. So for everybody who's been loyal and listening, and thus far, we'll make sure to give out your secret free offer. But before we do that, uh, give us one or two last things uh, for everybody to think about before we end the episode. Okay, great. Well, so first of all, I think we're in an unprecedented time, Doug. And yeah. that means we're in probably, I think we'll reflect back and you're talking about the 2020s. Yeah. I think we're going to reflect back on the 2020s as the most, the biggest opportunity of our lifetime. Yeah. Some people will harness it and some people will miss it because we're dealing with a lot of fear turnover, but yeah. everything's being interrupted, which means there's huge opportunity and there's incredible resources to tap into. So yeah. really start looking for who do you work with? What do you love? What's the business? Where do you make a difference? That's my main thing right now. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So without any further ado, where can people get your free offer? Perfect. So, you know, best is, you know, my website, pattymarrow.com and lots of stuff on there, including information on my book, but we have a special link for your audience, Doug, which is pattymarrow.com forward slash terminal value. And when they go to that website, there's a button there if you want more information on the book, but then there's a touch point scorecard, which is a tool I created to uh -huh. put yourselves in your customer's shoes and be able to look at your business from their perspective, huge insights. Okay. And there's a short video to teach you or show you how to use that tool effectively in your business. Outstanding. Well, Patty, I really appreciate your time today. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on Terminal Value, Doug. Thank you for listening to the Terminal Value Podcast. Please feel free to visit me online at www.terminalvalue.biz where you can subscribe, find me on social, and then we can connect and just keep the conversation going. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you and I hope you have a wonderful day. All rights reserved. No part of this broadcast may be produced in any form by any means without written permission from Business of Light, LLC. 
All trademarks and brands referred to herein are the property of their respective owners.